Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 409, recording live but not in front of a studio audience on June 17th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Mo. I'm Adriel. And I'm Hef. <laughs> we didn't Welcome change to- it on you. I don't, even, I don't even think we can. I'm pretty sure you changed that. No, no, I lo- I clicked the link and it was spelled half right there. <laughs> I'm not that, that creative to throw that in there. <laughs> I can't change. Oh, I can edit your name. Oh, someone edited your name on the last podcast at the uh, end of the show. I think I know who. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. That makes sense. Okay, mystery solved. So we'll get into what we did with guns. What we did with guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearm retailer. They have the Tika T3X Arctic available. And also um, regarding the FAMA special order uh, pre-order rifle, uh, the deadline, I believe, was yesterday, but it's been extended, I think, to the 24th because I guess they didn't meet the um, minimum 100 order. So they're going to extended to try to get i guess get get it in yeah um makes sense so uh hef why don't you get us started on what you did with guns oh well saturday i went out to the range while i was out there friday night cooking up briskets for our company staff shoot we were shooting some little bit of sporting clays and then eating meat and having a good time afterwards uh performance was just nope um it was a busy week, so didn't get really get to do much else. But I did get that uh, loaner WK set up, mm-hmm. transferred over some sights and stuff from my Alberta modern modern environment. Yeah, put in a trigger, and I actually had to use a Dremel on it. So I'll just grab it here. <laughs> oh. I, had, I had to Dremel my MCR too, just recently oh, you, here. Oh, you're um, a Dremel. You're a Dremel guy as well. Oh, hardcore, hardcore Dremel guy. <laughs> Do either of you guys teach a course that I could take? Because maybe I could... Uh... No one would pay for this. No? No one, no one would pay for the savagery I put into my rifles. Yeah. Got yeah. it. <laughs> so, changed out the buttstock. I had this uh, coal components kicking around, and I really like their buttstocks. I have one on my uh, modern environment as well. So, threw that on, threw on my uh, VX6 multi-gun, and then my 45-degree irons because I shoot in pro stock or tac ops. So that's for if I'm have to magnify and quick acquisition. And then I had another Calvin elite kicking around and that's the part I actually had to Dremel. Oh, yep. Yeah. I'm surprised you got that in there because it's so thick in there. I could get it in there, but I couldn't actually, the little bit it has to move. It wouldn't actually move. So I ground off the ends of the adjustment bar there just so that it would move and then threw on, extended release that trigger so, so like i i thought i was going to use that trigger in my wk but i saw how much work it was going to be and i gave up 
And that's uh, you guys know how much I love dremeling things and grinding stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> it it literally took two seconds. I took like a sixteenth oh. of an inch off either end, and it's full full function. Ah, uh, I might have to do that then. I've got my, I've got my uh, Calvin Elite in my uh, in my Maple Ridge Armory Maverick right now, but I don't need such a fancy trigger in that rifle. I need my fancy trigger in my three gun rifle. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, that's a. Uh, that's a lot of work. Yeah, so did that. Yeah. I'm having issues with this two-piece shell catch on my Benelli, though. It's giving me some grief, so it's probably coming out for the weekend and the factory one getting put back in until I can figure it out because it, it loads really nice, but I might have too much spring tension in the mag tube, so it's kind of going to have to balance for loading as well as with that auto lifter. So I got to do a little bit more experimentation on that. It's just not dropping the shells from the tube. Mm -hmm. And then I got a three-gun match in Peace River this weekend. So. Nice. You ready for it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's Sounds dremeling his rifles and swapping parts out of both of them at the same time the weekend before. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah. <laughs> you sound confident. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Adriel, what did you do this week? Uh, I did a whole bunch of stuff. So on Saturday, I went to a three gun match and, uh, and did that. And, uh, boy, I, I did terrible, absolutely terrible <laughs> for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I just didn't have my foot on the gas. Like I was watching some video of me shooting. And I was like, mm, that's like, usually I, I shoot a little bit safe. Usually I'll shoot to like 90 or 95% of my ability. I won't try, I won't, I won't swing for the fences and go for hundred percent and have the wheels come off. Uh, but I was like, I was going too slow. And then the other thing I ran into issues with um, that I, I didn't foresee, I have shot uh, like a, oh, last year in December, I shot like a match where I was just goofing around. I was using like a Garand and uh, a Gersan and that kind of thing. And it was, it was fine then. But one thing I noticed from this match, uh, I took the NP-22 out. And I shot it. The gun ran fine. The, the trigger was great on it. The reliability was fine. Uh, the thing I did notice, though, was that it, uh, I was so slow with it. What to, anytime I needed some accuracy out of it, boy, it was slow. And I think it's because I've been using a, a target focused shooting for about four years now. Uh, and normally all my guns for the last four or five years have been like a dot front blacked rear. And I go target focus hundred percent of the time. And I don't, I, I look for the dot, I place it somewhere and start hammering on the trigger. Uh, this is a three dot setup and I didn't black out the rear ones because I'm probably going to sell it. And uh, it was slow. It was like noticeably slower. I didn't feel I didn't feel it when I was at the range when I wasn't competing where I was just like clanking away. It was fine. But uh, on the clock, it was slower than quite a bit slower than than the other way. And I actually had to uh, start focusing on the front side again just to be able to see it between the three. Because you can't, oh, yeah. you can't, they're all, all three of them are fuzzy. If you, <laughs> if you go target focus, all three of those dots are fuzzy and it's just visually confusing. Yeah. Anyways, that's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. It's um, a good one. But, uh, my other excuse <laughs> would just be that I suck and I just, I uh, just need to, oh, to get better, true. go faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, oh. um, yeah, other, other than that, it was, it was a fun day. Really, uh, creative stages, uh, really creative stages and, uh, yeah, a, a, a lot of fun. We had ones where like we were, you know, shooting long range. Uh, we had uh, a dummy that we had to like haul and shoot with the pistol at the same time. Like, oh, that kind of like horsing around stuff that uh, that I, I think is interesting and fun. And uh, I like that kind of shooting. 
Nice. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the next day we had family day at the range. So I was uh, <laughs> I was back out after after tw- uh, 13 hours on the range uh, on Saturday. I was back out again on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and uh, uh, at the family day. Yeah, family day was good. It was uh, uh, kind of like a variety shoot where you like you, you have a bunch of stations where it's like this is the 22 LR station. This is the handgun station. This is a three gun station and, and uh, people can just buy tickets and then just go shoot whatever they want to. No power required. We'll show you what to, what to do and that kind of thing. So uh, that was really cool. I ran the 22 LR station. I was showing people uh, standing position shooting and sitting, sitting if they wanted. So uh, a lot of 22 stuff. We had like a, a couple of kids who like kept coming back and back and back these three boys and they were competing. So they'd go like ask their parents for some tickets and they'd come back and like, Hey, we're on it. We're doing a competition again. They'd compete oh, so to see cool. how, how, nice. how many times they could hit these, uh, these flapjacks or whatever. So by the That's way, awesome. those flapjacks, this is the second weekend in a row I've used them. They've got hundreds of rounds in them. And if you use 22, they're just invincible. If mm. you use like big, bad 45 or hollow points or something like that, you'll tear, tear chunks out of them. But 22, they just they last forever oh man nice. so good nice. so good all you can the only way you can tell they've been like shot to hell is they're full of like the smear from the grease and the lead from from the 22 rounds as they go through but other than that they're fine uh let's see um and then uh so i got this uh canada post notice the other day I, I'm, I'm, I, I just like getting stuff in the mail from canada post because anytime i get something that's like uh license required like age age proof kind of a thing uh they don't do it here uh you have to like go down to the post office to do it and even if like the guy left the parcel at the place and it's it's there uh they have to like process it and sometimes if if i if the right lady's at the post office they'll process it right there for me and give me the package that i can see with my eyes and sometimes they follow their policy and they and they say come back tomorrow <laughs> which annoys me because i got this with this is age restricted one and i'm like i haven't ordered a gun i don't know what the heck this is i'd like did someone just send me a gun <laughs> do, do I have like a, a mystery one coming in through the mail? Uh, so I was like, uh, well, sometimes that ha- that's happened to me, right? Sometimes I just get like random guns in the mail. Um, but uh, nice problem to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I, I went to the mail and I got it today and uh, it, it's a spring. Uh, it's a Maple Ridge Armory. I, I, I guess the, the factory spring isn't like, doesn't, isn't quite springy enough. So they're having like, maybe they're having feeding problems or something like that. So they gave us a slightly longer spring for the, uh, for the Maverick, which I, I don't need. Uh, so <laughs> I was all hyped up for a gun in the mail and it turned out to be a yeah. spring. <laughs> oh, well, I got an extra, I got an extra power recoil spring now for, for an AR-10 if I need one. Nice. Uh, yeah. Or, or another Maverick if I end up getting another one of those. Uh, and then uh, next weekend, I have a three pack of maple seeds coming up. So I'll be at BTSA uh, twice during the week and I'll be at Lethbridge uh, on the Saturday. So uh, that's going to be a lot. That's going to be a lot. That's going to be another like long couple of days on the range, uh, sleeping in my van down by the river. Kind of. A <laughs> 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 nice. I just hope the weather isn't like, I don't have like any heating or, or AC or anything like that. I just hope the weather's not inclement enough to where it's just going to be miserable. I can't imagine it mm-hmm. would be. It's still too early in the year to be like super duper hot. Yeah. 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 And they can't get yeah. cold enough to, to suffer in a van. It's, it's oh. like really well insulated. It's quiet. Yeah. It's way better than a tent for that. It is Lethbridge. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, true. Oh, Lethbridge is going to be hot. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 
I have a solution for that, though. I think I'll be fine. Anyways, that's uh, that's all the stuff I've been up to. Uh, what about you, Mo? On Saturday, I had my first uh, IPSC match in Quebec and got off to an interesting start. Uh, um, a good local friend of mine had warned me about the traffic um, going through Montreal to get to the range. And uh, Google Maps had said it was an hour and 10 minutes when I first looked. And it ended up taking almost two hours. So I got there, oh. I parked the car, and I just got there in time for the stage brief. <laughs> so uh, so it was it was a bit <laughs> I was starting to get nervous because I'm like, oh because I you just see the time, the uh, you know, estimated time of arrival, and it just kept adding and adding and adding. I'm like, oh boy. Um but when I got there, it was it was a nice range, Santa Santa de Tier Masca. Uh, it was a nice range first time there, of course. And um, I'm standing around waiting to shoot. And this guy walks up to me and says, Mo from Slamfire Radio. And I like paused and I'm like, I'm not sure if I was smiling, <laughs> smiling or not. And he goes, um, he goes, we do say the commands in English here. And then I just started <laughs> laughing. So I'm like, clearly he listens to the show. So uh, that's how I met Louie. And uh, he turned out to be a great guy. I met his wife, Lisa, as well. And we ended up talking most of the time. He was in my squad. And and we ended up talking most of the time. He, the, the two of them actually gave me so many tips about all the um, different matches to go to. And, uh, you know, the whole, like, Ipsa Quebec scene. Mm-hmm. So it was that was a great experience. Uh, the, the negative part was I found out that my new gun is uh, sensitive to hard primers, which I didn't even know there was such a thing as soft primers and hard primers. So I ended up learning that the next day when I went to the range and, and was testing it out. So I ended up with um, a lot of racking of the slides. So, uh, I mean, I did well accuracy wise, but the time was was not good. But uh, overall, the experience was was amazing, and uh, met so many great people. the The match director there, Yvonne, was was terrific too. Uh, I don't want to get him in trouble. We there was a little bit of a gathering after, and and it just like it felt like normal times, and it, it was just overall a good experience. We're almost there. Awesome. We're almost, almost there. Yeah, it's, and I'm telling you, like local. that's that's what it felt like. I, I just kept. I told a few friends. I said it just felt normal, and and I think. I mean, we all want that so bad, right? And um, so when I so the the Sunday when I went to the range and I tested it out, one of the guys there, Rock at Seafram, uh, he helped me figure it out. And um, so I ended up ordering. I was using. I had switched to the CCI small pistol primers, and apparently they're from what I read, they're the the harder harder capped ones. And I had, ended up ordering the Federals. And they're supposed to be a, a softer, like, you know, easier strike uh, primer. So I'm going to start reloading those. I have a match uh, tomorrow morning, and I didn't even – I didn't have time to reload. So I basically bought enough factory ammo just so I can, you know, shoot the match and not have to uh, and not have to worry about it. Yeah, so, that's, so, so the, the gun that you're using is that, uh, uh, that Gucci Glock, right? Yeah, the shadow yeah. systems. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's gonna have like a lighter striker spring on it. It's gonna it's gonna need those those uh, easier to strike off primers because they yeah. they're all about the trigger. What's the trigger pull like on that thing? Four and a half. It's not oh. uh, it's not as light as you would think, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't feel it. I'm like, and not that I know what a three and a half or four and a half the difference, but it doesn't feel like a you know a hard pull, but. Um, so yeah, that was, that's what happened with that. And, um, I, like I have my match in Peterborough, Ontario tomorrow, 
tomorrow morning I'm going to be part of the uh, the build crew, and so that'll be my first time doing that. And then I guess after lunch we are going to actually shoot the match. It's going to be eight stages, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And um, and I had to uh, I don't know if most of you guys know this, but I had to actually apply for an ATT because anytime you leave Quebec as a Quebec uh, resident. Uh, and you go to a match outside of Quebec, you have to actually apply for an ATT just like the way it was years ago. And um, and even if you go to a match within Quebec, you still have to have an, inv- an invitation letter to... I mean, this is all if you get stopped, right? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything's legal until you get stopped. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's all legal until you get pulled over. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's just... It adds to the extra, you know, the, the steps involved and... In, uh, to going to matches, but I'm going to try, you know, they, it was such a good experience with the, um, with the Ipswich match in Quebec. And, uh, so I'm going to, I'm definitely going to keep going. And uh, there's a bunch of like matches within an hour and a half, two hours from where I am. So I'm definitely going to be, uh, signing up for those. So if every time you go to a different range, how, what's your turnaround time for your ATT? Well, the, that's only in within Quebec. You just need an invitation letter from the, from the match from the match director. Which I mean, they're going to send it right away. But uh, for me to come to Ontario, it was uh, it was about a day. It's not it's oh, okay. not too bad. It's, not too it's bad. like even with the restricted yeah. transfers right now, it was only it's only two business days, which is definitely better than it was in Ontario. So yeah. But there, there's sticklers like you have to have the in, like when you apply for the ATT, you have to have the invitation letter and you have to fill out the whole three page form. And so, yeah. gotta That's keep true. people safe. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but we all we all know that. Um, I just tried my uh, my Gucci Glock trigger, and it's under four pounds. But I got the under Zip four. Trigger in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a bit more right. worn in because I got a, a few thousand rounds into this one. Yeah, no, my gun is maybe at a thousand rounds. It's not. It, it hasn't been. It honestly hasn't been fully broken in. So, yeah. um, so that might have been that might have been part of it as well. But I mean, for now, I'm just going to go with the softer primers and just stick with that. Yeah. And uh, so we can do the upcoming events uh, sponsored by TLS Alpha. TLS Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchants, processors, and social media. Learn more at tlsalpha.com. So on the calendar here, we have the Chaz Lee Enfield shoot, June 20th. For more information, go to the Chaz Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Maple Seeds at BTSA on June 24th, 25th. We've already expanded those, so we added spots oh. to, to both uh, both those, and the Lethbridge one should be open soon, just waiting on a, uh agreement. Good. And then there's the three-gun match in Peace River on June 19th. Uh, the I guess it's on Facebook MP3G. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Welcome, hey guys. Sir, how are you? Oh, not too bad yourself. Good, thank you. Thanks for having and me. And for um, for our main topic, we have uh, Alexander Berda, 
<laughs> our top IPSC production shooter in Canada and one of the best actually in the world. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I'm sure lots of listeners know about you, but uh, just uh, for those that don't, if you could tell us about your history with firearms and where, how and when you got into actual IPSC and shooting competitively. Yep, I actually, uh, so I started, time goes by pretty fast. Uh, I started back in 2012 where I was 25 years old. Uh, I was doing martial arts. Uh, my cousin was uh, studying to become a fire, um, police officer. So we were doing martial arts together and he just, uh, he was going to get his license just for personal knowledge uh, as it comes with the work, uh, with the job. So, uh, and I didn't even know you could do like target shooting. I know like you could hunt and stuff, but like actual target shooting with handguns is something that was really, I, I was curious about uh, just to personal knowledge. I want to know something new. I was just like intrigued with the, the, just the, the aspect of like, being able to be accurate with a firearm. Um, so I did that just to do the, the courses, safety courses. And then I got uh, a Glock and then I started going to the range. Uh, and then uh, it was fun. I mean, I loved it. Uh, I read everything about it. And then people were telling me, yeah, it's target shooting is fun, but like, you know, you could be competing and like you, you do this course called the black badge and, so I was like, wow, okay, there's so much more stuff you could know about handling firearms safely and like just new drills, new training stuff. So I did the black badge uh, in April 2013 um, just for fun. I was just like, hey, I just want to get better, get good enough that I can compete, have fun. Uh, locally, I wasn't expecting to travel so much. And it's just, you start doing that, you start getting to know the community and you just start going to other matches. And by training, training, you start to see results. You're chasing people that like when you started, they were like the top dogs and uh, you realize that it's achievable. So you're, you just keep going. And it led me to, um, to becoming like where I am today. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy journey. There's there's no miracle. It's just like it's just work, dedication, discipline, and uh, and just a lot of fun. <laughs> so, how is your uh, training compared, like this past year and a bit during the pandemic to to previous years? Like, how how much oh. less shooting have you done? Less matches have you done? Oh my God, it's crazy. Uh, but actually I was training a lot and I got to the point where I was like not getting fed up, but I, I was like getting exhausted and I was training for the world shoot that was supposed to happen in Thailand in 2020. Um, obviously the pandemic put us a, a pause on all of this and uh, it got postponed to 2022, actually December. So it, told me like I was just like I took it like a, a necessary break and so I I was just like I'm just gonna have fun do other things change it up a little bit uh, still shoot locally here and there as much as we could uh, obviously it, it took a while before like we could see matches again last summer um, but in terms of training I barely trained to be honest um, oh actually no uh, 
I saw the beginning of the pandemic as ranges were closed, but so I was like, okay, I'll do, I was bored at home. So I'm like, I'm going to do dry fire every day for like 15 minutes, but every single day and try to like do it for a month, like every single day. I used to train mm -hmm. dry fire probably five times a week, every morning for about 15 minutes, plus my regular live fire training, which uh, the last two years where I was really training heavily, I was shooting about 20,000 to 30,000 rounds a year, plus the dry fire. Uh, that was like just my biggest years. Uh, then 2020, I just did dry fire. So every day, and actually I did this for like spring till I would say September to the Quebec Provincials because we didn't have many matches, but all I did is maintaining my skills with dry fire. And I did it for like 153 straight days without a break. Nice. <laughs> that was, a, that was, I was pretty happy with that. And, um, I have a, I have a question yeah. regarding the dry fire. So yep. um, for those that don't know, the uh, IPSC rules in Quebec for most ranges are that they don't allow forward or, um, rear rear movement right so it's mostly left to right shooting so okay. for someone like you who's now going to compete around the world you know with the full rules do you end up doing more dry fire like uh movement drills for for um, the ones that you can't do live i guess yeah locally I, actually uh there are ways to train but like Lateral movement is pretty much the one you'll see most commonly. Obviously, if you go to Ontario and or there are some clubs where they can do forward movement only and matches will be like we abuse of them. It's like, oh, we can do it. So we'll do it as, as much as we can. <laughs> but, but if you go to an international match, actually, it doesn't happen that much. There's a lot of okay. lateral movement some open space where you end up like running forward and backward, but it's, you don't have to ex really intensively train for it. So yes, you can do it in dry fire for sure. Otherwise I was training in Vermont when we could cross the borders. Uh, uh, yes. uh, so I would go in Vermont and I was able to do all those, those movements, but it's not something that you need to work on. And most, I've done a lot of training uh, with like international shooters and it's, there's nothing like everything that you do forward, backward, you can pretty much do it like side by side. You will work on the same things, okay. uh, same principles. You just, once in a while, yeah, you go and just to be comfortable running forward and comfortable doing like going backward safely with your, where the, the muzzle point. That's the only thing, but you can do that in dry fire for sure. Okay. I was just curious about that. I mean, uh, we, we have to deal with it, but it, yes, of course. it never really, never really um, handicapped us like that much. It's, it's kind of a silly rule when you talk to people about the politics behind it. Like it's been explained and I'm like, uh, doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense, but you know. It is what it is, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we do what it is. Just, it is what it is. <laughs> so when you were doing this dry fire, are there any specific drills or skills that you were working on? Like, okay, these are my core things that yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm working on. 
Absolutely. And to most people, it would probably sound very, like, very boring, but it's repetition. So it's all about being able to, I'm looking somewhere and my gun needs to, the sights needs to be there aligned. And when I press the trigger, the gun doesn't move. Uh, and I, it's for me personally, it's the mag changes. So all the reloads, uh, they got to be smooth. So it's repetitions, repetitions, repetitions. Every day, I would say you can do pretty much like everything movement-wise. The only thing you cannot do in dry fire is the recoil, the feeling of the gun, the timing when it kicks and it comes back. This has to be done at the range. But everything else, in terms of IPSC competition-wise, you can do it if you have like the big big space like you can set up barricades and stuff and work on entering a position leaving all those kinds of stuff you can do shooting on the move there's so many things you can do and there are pretty good books about it uh but you can me personally i will work on the basic basic stuff so drawing the gun transitioning working the trigger uh reload and leaving and entering a position no matter if it's just side movement, um, doesn't matter. But I want to have it like it's natural. When I'm ready to shoot, my sights will be like on target. Uh, so those are the main things. Uh, those are the main things that when you go back to a competition after weeks or months without training, it's like you want this. This is the what feels the most rusty. This and the recoil of the gun, obviously. But, um, right. Right. That's cool to hear. Yeah. It's boring stuff. So a lot of people, yeah. they, they see that and they're like, ah, that's, that's so boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can make it fun. You can make it fun. But for me, it's like, I, I know it, it sucks, but you, you got to do it. And uh, <laughs> it's get, get in shape with the yeah. basics. 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, <laughs> go for a run. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fundamentals. Well, you see a lot of people lose time, whether it's three gun or Ipsic, lose time on the manipulation side of things. Yeah, yeah, I guess um, that's what I've seen, anyways. There's a there's a couple of things. Uh, I mean, so if you're into three gun, you know, like Daniel Horner, um, one of the best three gunners uh, in the world, and this guy was explaining how like there's like balloons that like. They, they drop eventually. Some of them, you just need a little tap to just keep it up. Uh, some things, they drop more often. You got to make sure like those are really like always on top. So it's the things like uh, some fundamentals, things you got to make sure you work on them all the time because you're going to see them in every matches. And other things are just like a table pickup start like or uh, uh, unloaded start with mags on. Like some scenarios are like, You'll see that like maybe once or twice in like every two or three matches. They don't matter much. You just got to focus on that part when it happens, but you don't have to overtrain it. It's just like you're going to waste time if you do that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, three gun, you're going to have to work on loading that shotgun way more than like loading the rifle or something because you do it way more. It's, it's the kind of thing that you got to put your effort to the right place. Sure. It's an interesting way of looking at it with the balloons. Yeah. <laughs> I guess some, some are heavier than others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So in the last four Canadian nationals, you were obviously the top Canadian in production and you just finished second to an international, obviously the, the, the top guys in the world. What do you take out of that? What, like, how does it motivate you, I guess, for the next nationals and, and then world competition? Uh, yeah, actually that's, that's true. I, I mean, I don't see it as a failure. It's like, Oh no, not at all. <laughs> obviously like the, the, usually the top international like shooters that come, they're like top 10 in the world. So for me, it's a benchmark of like, okay, how close can I beat them? And it's like, it starts with like, I remember, I think probably the first match against, I probably beat the, the top international shooter in on one stage. Like I had one stage win and everything else, he was just winning them all. And, uh, you know, it starts like that. And the next year you're like, Oh well, I beat the world champion like mm. two or three stages. Like he's beatable. Like he's more con- like he's more consistent, but you can beat him. And they make mistake like everybody else. Uh, it's just that their level is so high that their mistake is just they they wash it off by being so fast or so so other things. So, uh, but they are beatable and. It's just like you try to reach the closest and closest. And sometimes like I've, I think uh, one year I did the nationals and it was like Ben Steger and uh, the world shoot was the same year. And the both results were about the same. I was at around like 93%, which confirmed me that like, okay, well, Canadian nationals was a match. I finished at 93% of him. And at World Shoot, I finished, he won the World Shoot. I finished 93% of them again. So, like, I'm pretty consistent, too. Like, it wasn't, like, a luck or bad luck. I was just like, Absolutely, this yeah. is where I am. And yes. I see it as it's it's good to know where you stand. And because, um, yeah, if you don't compete against the best, you'll just, I guess you're, like, you get lazy and you you might you might not even know what's going on out there. And yeah. like you kind of just sit on what you have instead of keep keep being hungry. Mm, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Now, when you shoot with the alien, that'll probably make up for the other seven percent, and you'll probably get, you'll probably <laughs> Abs- beat them, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, it has to. It has to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're shooting the alien this year, right? Yeah, yeah. I started. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just got them like maybe like two, three months ago. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's a different beast. <laughs> it's uh, it's very interesting though. I, I see it as a challenge right now. I'm pro I'm like, I shot so many rounds with like a Tamfolio like slash CZ. So I'm very comfortable with a Tamfo. Like it fits like a glove, the recoil, the pattern, the, the sights, they just, the gun behaves like I know how it behaves and I know the timing of it. It just feels super smooth. Was it a stock two, Alex? Uh, yes, I had a okay. stock two. Uh, still have them, and uh, but yeah, the alien is just like it's different recoil. It kicks differently, so but I'm getting used to it. Like I, I haven't been training much. Uh, maybe shot like maybe shot like maybe 500 rounds through it. It's nothing. Uh, so like when I'll be uh, when I'll be through like 5,000 rounds, I'll have like a better idea. Mm-hmm. but like right now i'm seeing the potential of it because like it's deadly accurate like 
where your sights are and when you press the trigger like it's crazy accurate uh but it doesn't like it kicks weirdly which you gotta adjust a little bit the tension in the arm which i find it it's useful because like it forces you to relax more uh if you're too tense you're not gonna have like a, a recoil pattern like reliable it, it's gonna bounce all over the place which you don't want so uh i think you i think i'm gonna learn how to relax more which is going to be beneficial for just my shooting in general as well so i i like that from it yeah it's nice. uh it's it's a learning curve though it, i like getting out of my comfort zone and learning new things so i'm i'm digging it and i was scared of like having to relearn uh the natural point of aim and my reload and stuff because the angle is different but to be honest so far in dry fire this gun feels super easy to adapt so i'm i'm really happy with that good nice yeah, so it's gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the the world shoot was moved to to next year correct uh yeah december 2022 as okay. well as the pan american for uh it was supposed to be in florida in september and it got postponed to florida september 2022 um it is what it is but honestly yeah. i'm honestly i'm happy with the decision because i just looked at the calendar and i mean i'm busy with work and stuff and like i see the calendar and we're gonna be shooting what like three matches this year like there's something like three <laughs> yeah. matches till september and september is provincials is the only level three match and then after that what it's there's like barely matches Ontario matches are getting canceled, so yes. <laughs> it, I'm just like, wow. Okay, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a quiet year. So you want the year of world shoot? You want a lot of matches just to get into groove of training and stuff. So I'm postponing it to next year, and like you'll focus. So this year, have some fun, mm -hmm. see some friends. Uh, it's gonna be great to to go to the range again, but no actual pressure of putting like focusing on the best performance possible just like i'll focus on that next year so so leading up next year when would you start like turning it up dry fire wise and live fire like a few months before or uh yeah actually usually the season where i start to train would be like april okay. um, like in the winter i'll train a little bit and then take some time off like because there we always have like in montreal the mic uh, Montreal Indoor Challenge, which is like end of January. So from early January till the match, I'll train like more regularly. And then February, March, and April, I'll take it easy, like uh, a little bit of dry fire, a little bit of live fire, but not too much. Just do the, the matches once a month or twice a month. And then I start the training like mid-April. Um where I start to like, okay, regular dry fire. I have a plan. Uh, I train X amount of rounds. And the more the summer comes in, the more the round count and it just builds up. Um, and I, th I don't think you need to be shooting like 20, 25,000 rounds a year. Um, you can manage to shoot less during winter and shoot more during summer and just ratio your your ammo situation, especially with things going on right now. Uh, yeah. 
you got to be training smart. And mm-hmm. for example, 2020, I trained, I shot like 3,000 rounds in total. Oh, really? In 2020, yeah, which 2,000 of them was probably in January because I we didn't know about COVID and I was training a lot. I was like, yeah, it's going to be a good year. And, and yeah, was, was going to be a good year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And everything stopped, and I mean, I shot a bit in August just for uh, just for the provincials. So that's it, three thousand rounds, uh, which is ridiculously low. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's like bicycle. Once you've done all the work uh, to a certain level, it's like you you don't need it as much anymore. Like the the gains are very minimal. You can just maintain it, and uh, of course. You want to get better, so you got to train, but you can at least maintain it. To especially last year, it was just, it was just like everybody was in, on the same boat. So yeah, <laughs> uh, you do um, you do training as well for for new shooters, correct? Yeah, or for people looking to improve their skills. Exactly. Yeah, I I I'm training some people that are just like look they're not even doing they don't they don't even have their black badge uh they just want to get better at shooting so I can I help them with that but I'm more like I like to train people like that are they they have their black badge and they want to get yes. better at the sport um because the mental game uh how to manage pressure and how to perform on demand all those things uh those are really the things I, I really enjoy uh, sharing my knowledge with my experiences and um, and yeah all the all the fun stuff training at the range it's like you you can push you can push so much higher than just trigger press and grip and stance like mm-hmm. you you have like so much more depth in IPSC and other pra- practical shooting sports. So I, yeah, I, I love. I just I just really enjoy uh, sharing my knowledge. So, and people, I mean, as as long as people are are willing to learn, and I'll be willing to to share my experience. That's great. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, did you guys have any other uh, questions for him? No, not really. I mean, it it sounds like you, it like twenty twenty was a bit of a skip year, just because like yeah. it was so, it was so up in the air. This year, it's it's looking better, and and I'm 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 looking at my gear and like I gotta warm up a little bit better on this stuff because <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty it's pretty rusty and it's it's not feeling great. But uh, uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, so. Uh, which which next matches do you have scheduled that you're that you're trying to get to? Uh well, yeah, I'm scheduled to for the quebec provincials but i'll be uh registering to probably some local matches uh around montreal maybe like quebec city as well uh i was looking for ontario matches but they they are keep getting canceled so i'm like okay uh borders are reopening so that's good but it's just their situation is just something else so uh we'll see but like i to be honest like i i find i i need a little goal to make sure like, okay, I get out there and like, I start training. I need some sort of short-term goal right now. It's like my short-term goal will just to be just to go have fun and just get the rust off a little bit, uh, not have too many expectations, but, uh, definitely I got to get comfortable with the aliens. So this is, uh, 
this will be my next goal probably, which is starting to get good. Uh, but yeah, I'm just like discovering uh, this thing. So all the uh, next matches, I don't know. I didn't check the calendar, but I checked quickly. Mm -hmm. But it's probably going to be like Mesca or something like. Sand, Sand Hill should be next, the weekend after, I believe. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah, I'm going to try to sign up for that one. So. Yeah, the thing now is that you got to try to sign up because <laughs> everybody yeah. wants to shoot. <laughs> so. yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I think uh, we're going to see a bunch of matches popping up here right away. Yeah, right. So people are like, we're on the fence. And I'm pretty sure now that like it's getting back normal-ish, uh, people are going to be like, okay, well, we need matches and we have the time and we have the space and like, let's go. And because usually we can have like a, a match, sometimes two matches every weekend. I know Ontario was like packed like it used to be. And And I'm pretty sure Quebec is like growing a lot to the point where, yeah, yeah, they'll be able to have like a match in Saguenay and a match in Montreal at the same time. But like it covers it and there's going to be one every weekend. And hopefully the people, I think the people are eager to just really start shooting again. So they'll make it happen. Hopefully I'm, unfortunately, I'm just a competitor. It's just like, I, I don't run things uh, in the, I, in the IPSC world, but uh, I'll, wherever there's a match and like, I'll, I'll try to go there for sure. My, yeah. my first experience was with Masca. So it was the first time I shot in Quebec and it was, it was great. It was a good group of people. It took a lot of fun. And um, I don't even, <clears throat> I'm learning French, but I'm not even close <laughs> to being bilingual, but people were like so friendly. It was, it was really nice. Really oh yeah. Nice. Masca is a, is a nice range too. They, they make Plus, really, yeah. really a good challenging matches for the space they have and stuff yeah. and like sure it's just lateral movement but it's doesn't mean it's not it doesn't mean it's easy <laughs> no not at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah not at all yeah. that's good stuff well uh thanks so much for your time it was great meeting you and uh good luck with uh the training with the alien and everything else and uh obviously with the nationals and and uh, hopefully you'll be back at some point Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's my awesome. pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. So we have in the news uh, the CAN part. I actually don't even know about this. Oh, so what, what the, did they announce? Yeah, the CSAAA basically put out more details on. So Campar stopped shipping uh, guns and ammo. Boy, I would have loved if this spring came with Campar and they just <laughs> left it between my door and my screen door. And I went and picked it up. It's like, oh, it's a spring. That would be great. <laughs> uh, they stopped shipping firearms and ammunition uh, and they gave a little bit of detail as to why. I will share my screen so that I'm not just talking and you guys can actually like see this release that the CSAAA put out. Uh, but basically, like the situation is complex because these strict transportation regulations around firearms and ammunition. Uh, and uh, there was some uh, issues with uh, with getting those uh, Campar to, uh, to basically ship these. So uh, it was uh, uh, some issues in licensing, shipping, and, and, uh, and that kind of thing that they had run into. So that's the issue that they ran into. Uh, primarily, this is just going to impact again our, our shipping of ammunition to end users because we have we have options for everything else, but, uh, but the others are a little bit harder to get to. Okay, and this is like uh, 
full rounds. It has nothing like they'll still ship primers and powder and and uh, all the. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll ship any of that. Oh no! The okay. yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. Not sure. And then the next one here uh, was uh, on the CCFR's blog. The liberals were invoking Section 39. Uh, so basically, what had happened is there was uh, there's a court battle right now to find out reasons why are the reasonings internal to the government on why they banned what they banned with the uh, uh, with the OIC. And uh, part of it was, hey, we d- for discovery purposes, we need to see why you guys chose to ban these firearms. And they said, no, that's uh, that's secret. And the, and the judge said, um, what if you just show me? What if I just take a look at it and determine if it's secret? And they're like, no, government secret. Well, section 39, yeah. And he's like, well, you haven't yet already, so I'm going to uh, ask for them. And they said, section 39, state secrets. You can't see it. You can't see that. So that's uh, that's where they're at. They won't, uh, they won't say what evidence they had to, to ban these firearms because they don't have any. Their, yeah, their, exactly. evidence, might, yeah, their evidence might be like, them sitting around a table being like, ah, this one looks kind of scary. Why don't we ban this one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Justin doesn't like this one either. You got to ban that one, regardless of if it's been a naughty rifle or not. It's uh, that one's got to go too. So, uh, yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting to see what will happen with this one. So that's just a little update yeah. on the uh, CCFR's legal case. Yeah. Their evidence is we think guns are bad and uh, that's all we're, that's all we're going to say about it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. 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 Not much Um, else to add to that. No, it's just, I guess none of us should be too surprised by that. Like they weren't going to just come out and say, Oh, we really don't have any evidence. So we're just going (laughs) to over, overturn the IOC uh, and uh, you know, away you go. But yeah, I th- I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll still be able to get access to that evidence. It, it might be so late that it doesn't matter because they'll have other legislation in place. But um, I would like because that would be politically damaging for that to get out. If they if they get out what the reasons why they block that stuff, oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. It's going to be embarrassingly bad. And it's going to be eh, good for us. Yeah, good for us. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we we need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, nothing for the CCR legal donations. No, nope, no new CCFR legal donations this week. Okay. All right. Uh, new gun stuff sponsor, Bolt Action Coffee. Slamfire is now a brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. The coffee is roasted in small batches and is quite honestly some of the best coffee you can get your hands on. Send it to your house by going to www.boltactioncoffee.com. Use discount code SLAMFIRE. And new guns, new gun stuff. Or go ahead if it's. Uh... Did you guys take a look at the STK 100? No. No. Okay, no, so striker fired pistol. Who cares? Come on, we've already done yeah. that like a million times. Right? There's a million of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not new. Ah, uh, this one is. This one's so weird, so weird. Uh, let me That's let me pull it up here. Um, okay, so you look at it and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, cutouts, uh, sights. Okay, it's got an optics, you know, cutout for it. That's kind of neat. I guess you could put a red dot on there. That's easy enough. Um, but then you look at the grip and like, there's no grip panels on it. It's just like the grip and the frame are all one piece. Oh. It's aluminum clamshell oh. frame. Okay. Just blowing my mind here. Like, what the hell? <laughs> now, I, I saw more that was that was weird with this thing. So, clamshell aluminum frame. That's weird. 
like most people are going polymer lower. These guys are going aluminum. It's going to be just a little bit heavier, which should be better for a recoil and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, optics ready. They list a three to seven pound trigger pull, which uh, I hope that's like for a, ver- a variety of models because otherwise that's yeah. way too big of a range. Um, say, is that adjustable? Uh, maybe. Maybe it's adjustable. Um, they say it takes most aftermarket parts. Now, okay. given that it looks Glockish, it's got the Glock takedown. It's got a yeah. very, yeah. that looks like a Gen 3 uh, guide rod sticking out the front there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this takes a bunch of Glock parts. So mm-hmm. maybe it's this weird aluminum framed thing with an optics ready slide that you can uh, put Glock parts in. Swap in Glock parts, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. So, like, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, I'm not covering another polar, polar striker-fired pistol. But uh, it wasn't. So, uh, weird. And it's got a chunky, fat butt grip on it, too. <laughs> like if you like them with, with a lot of chonk in the back, like that, there you go. Got a nice big, big uh, grip on it. Weird that they didn't use the squared-off trigger guard, eh? Yeah. yeah. Like, everyone does a squared-off trigger guard this, uh, this day and age, and they went with just, like, this round one. Little bit expanded, so you could use the gloves, I guess, with it. Yeah, very odd, very odd. Yeah, so, um, interesting. I don't know what, what it'll uh price out at uh, in Canada. I think their MSRP in the states was 600 bucks, so like the pricing was okay. Um, uh, but yeah. interesting, so what 800 here then, something like that. I don't oh. know. Like it, it, it depends. So many manufacturers sell for. The same in the U.S. They sell it here in Canadian yeah. dollars. Like CZ does that. CZ treats us real nice. And yeah. then other ones, they're like, "Oh, you're in Canada. We're going to charge you fifty percent more because uh, yeah. your your stupid laws are a pain in the butt to to comply with." The screw you yeah. tax, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. I'm not sure what uh, RIA. I don't think RIA even has an importer that isn't like just like a importer exporter like uh like aztec or iron guns or something like that so um if they do have an importer then maybe we can get these in country for uh reason reasonably priced i can't think of i've ever seen any rock island product in canada i, guess I have they, they, oh, they, yeah? they have okay. yeah they, their 1911s are uh ah, are okay. neat like they they have a double stack 1911 or 2011, I guess that's popular in three gun. It's not quite, it's not nearly as good as a 2011, but it's way cheaper <laughs> and it's, and it's not a, Oh, who was that Canadian manufacturer that did the double stack 1911s? Uh, oh. oh, it'll come to me later. Uh, but anyways, yes, yeah, it's, it's higher quality than that, but still uh, much cheaper than a 2011. Not quite as good as a 2011, but that's still much cheaper. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was weird. I didn't expect that. Very interesting. Uh, this next one here is, uh, it's not a new gun, but it's uh, its interesting that it's here. <laughs> Wolverine has the Freedom Ordnance FX9 P4 9mm. It's a 4-inch carbine. Rest- restricted, obviously. Restricted, yeah. It comes yeah. with a uh, a stock that looks like it's, what do they got in the US there? The The stabilizer the shoulder stabilizer oh, rather than brace. a race yeah a brace rather than a, a real stock on there yeah. uh but it's neat i mean if you wanted like a a, a terrible nine millimeter pistol 
<laughs> uh, I mean, actually, if you put a if you put a different uh, extension tube on it, or maybe it's got a full length extension tube on it, if you put a full stock on this thing, it would be kind of a cool uh, PCC. Like if you shop okay. PCC for Ipsic and you need yeah. something like as compact as possible, your local your local MDs like do all sorts of nasty things to the PCC shooters, like make you shoot around corners under barricades uh, and that kind of thing. This would have all the clearance in the world to, yeah. uh, to get around that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. And while I was like on a roll and like looking at those kind of things up, I found like another one uh, <laughs> that was coming in. Sounds a little bit pricier, but. Uh, Got a better pedigree with the BNT SA carbine. Yes, yeah, at GHM nine G. It's there. It's got a hundred and seventy five millimeter folding uh, uh, barrel. I believe that's six inches, uh, and uh, another tiny little uh, PCC. That would be a pistol in the states, but here it's uh, restricted. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yep. Uh, hmm. let's see here. Uh, this next one. So Bushnell has 20% off on engaged trophy or prime binoculars for, I think it was like a month and a half. One second, June 15th to July 30th. There's a mail-in rebate, 20% off. So, uh, if you get a Bushnell engaged trophy or prime in that time, uh, just keep in mind, you can get 20% back. That's uh, a good, that's a good discount. That's a decent discount. If you can find a, a decent price on one of those Bushnells, it's it would it would be good savings. Hmm. Uh, if you're looking for AR-15 parts, uh, Maple Ridge Armory is uh, putting a few different AR-15 parts on sale. So they've got some BCGs, some forens, flash hiders, all that kind of stuff. So if you're looking for that kind of stuff, Maple Ridge has uh, some of those. AR, AR parts just make me sad because then I miss, I miss shooting my AR. You know, I think that they'll start finding homes in other rifles. And uh, yeah. and I, I think that's what's going to um, solve it for a lot of people. Just like the uh, Mavericks and, and that kind of gun out there. You'll be able to put those gun parts in. Or if you get real rude and a Dremel and a couple beers in you, you can you can make a <laughs> you can make that uh, that uh, kid. No, not kid trigger. Timney trigger fit in your WK one eighty. <laughs> is is it safe to drink in Dremel? Uh not for the rifle. No, not for the rifle. But, uh, <laughs> How about for the user? <laughs> as long as you're wearing safety glasses, put your safety squints it. on. It's all good. Yeah, got it. Uh, and then if you're looking for like a, a good budget press to to kind of start off with something that'll uh, you know last you a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> the Mark Seven uh, Apex Ten Progressive Press uh, Ten has got these things for uh, thirty seven hundred bucks. Those are really the start to like if you're doing a high volume two two three. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I, I was joking a little bit about the value price beginner yeah. uh, part, but <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a new Progressive Press uh, from Apex that uh, I don't know looks fancy. It's got a bunch of heads on it. Yeah. I guess you could use this to like the first one uh, lightly dusts off any dust that's on the, on the case. And the second one smoothly (laughs) just gets the, I don't know. I'm just, I'm making stuff up now, but uh, yeah, lots, lots of heads, lots of uh, room. I don't even know what I would do with 10 stations. That's too many. Wow. Yeah. 10, 10 station head. Like you could, you literally could have like dies for absolutely everything you need. Wow. I mean, in two, two, three, there is, there are a lot of steps. Like you need yeah. to swage the primer pocket yeah. and trim and chamfer. Yeah. And well, that's just it. You could mount a, a case trimmer. You could do your case prep and loading on that all in one go. Yep. 
this is the kind of thing that uh, Bolivar was uh, was doing with his as well. He had a trimmer uh, attached to his uh, his progressive. Yeah. You have to if you want to do two, two, three. If, if unless you want to do like two runs of it, just because you've got all that extra stuff to do. But if you just want to put them in once and just have it do the rest, well, that's one option. That's some serious automation. Wow. They sell the belt drive and the motor for it too. So if you want to motorize yeah. it, that's an option. But like now you're like, by the time you get it motorized, it's got to be like what? 10 grand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the auto drive is 2,800 bucks and you've got to add like bullet sensors and powder checks and this is sensor and that sensor. And by the time yeah. you're done, you probably, you're probably sitting around that 10 grand mark, yeah. but boy, it's you're going to be pretty... kicking out two, two, three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just push a button and you sit back with your beer and watch. <laughs> dump Load. some buckets of, of of cases or bullets or whatever whenever yeah. it starts getting low and it beeps at you and it's like ah i'm yeah. coming i'm coming yeah. <laughs> get her going yeah. yeah yeah i wish i could have something like that yeah yeah me too i'll just keep buying when it's cheap ammo prices are going down so i yeah. i took a look there there's yeah, a, I saw a that. Uh, an American user that uh, charts out uh, prices of ammo and and uh, right around January to April, depending on the c- caliber, uh, between January and April, that was the peak of ammo pricing. So uh, at the start of Rona, it was people like panic buying, being like, oh, my God, I got to stock up the bunker and get like water and food and ammo and like have enough ammo to like wage war and, and whatnot. And then, I don't know. And then uh, Biden won. So everyone's like, oh my God, he's going to ban everything. So then they bought like panic bought some more. I think everyone's like sated now. Everyone's got enough ammo and uh, the prices are going to start going down. So I bet in six to eight months, prices are going to be like super reasonable again. So if you have enough money or enough, not enough money, enough ammo to last, uh, I, I think I would sit and wait. I bet you. I bet you we're gonna get cheap ammo in six months. Six yeah. months, okay. <laughs> That'll be nice. I'm ready for it. <laughs> all the production is all cranked up. You think about all those product. Like anytime that there's a peak, they they update their production lines. They put more money into the factories to be able to produce more ammo, faster, cheaper, with less bodies. And then as soon as the rush is over, they're like, oh, okay, well, supply meet demand, and right. uh, and then we we get better pricing. And then we start yeah. seeing sale, sale. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 2,000 round combo packs. And oh, yeah. Yes. Bulk, bulk stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I want the drum. That's a big <laughs> drum of ammo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're never priced good enough. Every time I look at them, oh. I was like, man, I could just buy them by the box and it's the same thing. If I buy a yeah. drum, I expect like 10% discount on that ammo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then I just buy it with a bunch of buddies, right? Hey, you guys want to get a drum of ammo? <laughs> yeah. Watch the poor Canada Post guy try lugging that up to one of our houses. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet you he'd he'd leave the tag. He'd be like on the way to your door with the tag, not even bothering taking it out of the truck. He'd be like, "No, I'm yeah. here. I see you." Yeah. <laughs> Bring Canada, it out. <laughs> Canada Post is no longer delivering ammo. <laughs> That's not ammo. It's just a drum. Just a ra- yeah. real rattly drum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know why someone put a Hornady sticker on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drum of drums of ammo coming soon. Yeah. Uh, listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full service gunsmith who specializes in farms refinishing. He offers hot bluing parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood and steel refinishing. 
Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at www.dcgunsmith.ca. Follow Armory DC Gunsmith on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, do we have any feedback this week? No emails. Uh, we've got a couple people commenting just in the Facebook chat there. Uh, Gary was mentioning, uh, glad I live on the side of the country that at Ottawa forgot about. <laughs> I assume that's West. Yes. I assume that's West. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike was saying, I'd like to see more practical shotgun matches happening here. Uh, yeah. Shotgun, practical shotgun yeah. matches are fun. Easy to set up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we just, the guys who, who would be setting those up around here also like three gun. Uh, so we just include the other two guns. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I might I might put one on this year. I still deciding. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. But the thing about a practical shot, like what are your max round counts for like a practice? like are they ridiculous? Do I need to go buy like a four hundred dollar fancy ass chest rig from the UK or something like that? Well, of course. It, the loading off that's so nice. <laughs> uh, they are. They are. Yeah. I, I I was feeling it running my my FMA uh, uh, AliExpress <laughs> shell holders this weekend. And a couple of times I picked it, I, I grabbed them all. Like I had a handful of shit. They're just like all messed up in my hand. And yeah. yeah well, we, when I did it before ran like F6, so I think maximum round count for the shotgun is 28. Woo. That's... <laughs> for, for a long course. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need a chest rig for that. You need something with, yeah. with some carrying capacity. Yeah. Yeah, I should get well, one. Are there any on? Are there any for like a decent price right now? Or are they all still ridiculous for the really good ones? Well, I buy the mag load. Yeah, you you pay for them, but I think they're they are just so nice. They're probably the easiest releasing, strong retention. Like I can the classic karate chop in the middle of the shell, and it it holds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the prices though, but yeah, I got high. Yeah, high. they're high. Well, last fall I ordered a 24 and an 8 to go along with my 12, and that order alone I think. Well, I got a belt in there in that too, but that was like 800 bucks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was looking. I like the Safari Land ones, but even they're like quite expensive. And the, but the thing about yeah. the Safari Land ones is like that's plastic. You're paying like hundreds of yeah. dollars for like plastic parts out of that, and that hurts even more. At least yeah. with those ones, like there's some springs in there and yeah. some tuning, and it, you're not just getting yeah. like pla- like good plastic clips. Yeah, I think the caddies alone were probably about six fifty because I did get some other stuff in that order too. But yeah, they're still pricey. Mm. Yeah, but it's faster. <laughs> Makes up yeah. time. Yeah. Well, and it all depends. Like I tell people, if you're not gonna take it like to that next level if it's just a hobby to you go buy the cheaper stuff you know like Invictus is still good only reason why I switched from it was these these were just like the Cadillac to I don't know what else the release is better oh it is yeah just pulling off pulling them off and and having the quad in your hand nice and tight and not having like the last round like go sideways in your hand as you're trying to rip them out or something like that like that yeah it makes a difference It, it it's faster yeah that's what I like yeah. to tell myself. I would be faster <laughs> if I just had better equipment. I just need yeah, to spend well, $600 in, in caddies. And, yeah. 
well, maybe not have uh, dollars. <laughs> yeah, with some stuff it does. With some yeah. stuff, yeah. In this world, we can always justify the cost of everything. So <laughs> it's got to write it off business expense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, um, other than that, uh, Mike was um, just commenting that the uh, SDK 100, it's an aluminum Glock with a 1911 grip angle. Yeah, it is a 1911 mm-hmm. grip angle. That's one thing I yeah. forgot to mention. The, okay. the grip on it is different. It is like a 1911. Para. Para Ordnance is the Canadian company that did the double stack 1911. Ah, okay. Para Ordnance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they went to the US and the quality turned to garbage. And now they don't think they make them anymore. They gave up. Uh, I think that's about it for the comments on Facebook. Okay. If uh, you'd like to email us, email us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at slamfireradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that through Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash slamfireradio. If you are a Patreon and you haven't uh, received your patches, uh, please let us know. Send us an email with your information. Uh, do you guys have any shout outs for tonight? Yeah, I got some uh, to the other family day volunteers that helped uh, help make a, a great event at Chaz and to the three gun ROs. I didn't mention it, but uh, at this last match, I didn't RO. It's probably the first time in like Ooh. three years that I didn't RO. I actually just like attended and did like attendee stuff. It's just wow. as much work. It, like, <laughs> you're, you're hauling steel and, you know, patching. It's, it's just as much work. But uh, it was good to not have to think about the stages and, and just shoot it like a, like a regular person there. It was kind of yeah. interesting. So how was resetting? Uh, well, we did the work squad, shoot squad oh, thing. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So resetting was, uh, it was, it was fine. Yeah. What did yeah. I do? I ran the tablet and I think I, like, reset some steel and that kind of thing. Mostly yeah. ran the tablet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot you guys were doing that. It's good. I like the shoot uh, reset squad. It's it's um yeah. I like to be able to put my belt aside and get comfy and then just patch and just patch and and, and that kind of thing. And I think it's yeah. it's more effective. You do have to double up your um explan- your uh stage brief and your walkthrough though. You you double yeah. up those uh for the day compared to non. Um yeah. but I think you make it up in terms of like efficiency and rolling people through. Yeah, and when you're shooting, you're shooting. You don't have to worry about yeah. rushing out. You can just do your prep, fill your mags, do whatever you need to do. When you're shooting, you're shooting. Yeah, yeah, you're shooting and reloading, and then just watching the stage and and trying to figure out how to game it. Yeah, yeah. That's it for me. Yeah. I do not. I don't have anything this week. No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Uh, for me, everyone that I met at the Masca match, Louis, Lisa, Yvonne, all the all ROs, everyone was terrific, and you guys made it a great experience, and I'll definitely be back. So that's it for me. And um, With federal primers in your, in your ammo, though. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I, I keep learning. I keep learning every one – of, one, of one of these matches, I'm going to actually have a perfect match, and I don't mean I'm going to finish top five. I mean, like, just – things are going to go smoothly <laughs> from, you know, from like stage uh, planning to, you know, the function of the gun to like actually, you know, moving through it at a good pace. Like one of these weeks, one of these weeks. Um, uh, so check us out on gun owners of Canada, like us on Facebook. We have 2,796 as of, uh, I guess today, uh, give us a review on Facebook. We'd really appreciate it. 
uh, join the CCFR. They actually have something new. Did you guys see that uh, they're going to be putting up billboards across Canada? So in like mm-hmm. major, uh, I guess, major areas, right? So I think that's a pretty good campaign because, uh, I mean, we all, uh, we know like radio ads, uh, TV, that kind of stuff kind of gets ignored. People just kind of like mm-hmm. blow it off. But billboards in the right spots are kind of hard to miss. So it's, uh, I think it's good. I think it's a good idea. So it'll definitely get the message out to uh, more than just us. Yeah, Hopefully so. they do it. They do it in uh, Toronto, Montreal, yeah, yeah. Vancouver. Uh, they didn't yeah. have Quebec locations, which was interesting. I'd like to hear what uh, they're thinking. Oh, they might be- have, there might be language requirements around, around yeah. in Quebec. And so it's just like, just don't bother. Just don't bother. But with but, but they were but they were everywhere else. Like obviously BC, Alberta, you know, and Ontario, but yeah. and all the other yeah. provinces. But yeah, no, come no Quebec locations. So, hmm. um, and that's uh, that's it for us. Uh, thank you for listening and watching, and uh, we'll see you next week. So, if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now, go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.